0: Tonight's Zoom meeting is on the fundamentals of the doctrine of Christ, including the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and entering into the rest of the Lord. In Ether, chapter 12, verse 38. And now I, Moroni, bid farewell unto the Gentiles, or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yea, and also unto my brethren, whom I love, until we shall meet before the judgment seat of Christ, where all men shall know that my garments are not spotted with your blood. And then shall you know that I have seen Jesus, and that he hath talked with me face to face, and that he told me in plain humility, even as a man telleth another, In my own language. Concerning these things. And only a few have I written. Because of the weakness of my writing. And now behold. I would commend you. To seek this Jesus. Of whom the prophets and apostles have written. That the grace of God the Father. And also the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Ghost. Which beareth record of them. May be. And abide in you forever. And. If we go to the beginning of Ether chapter 12, we find out that Moroni lays out a roadmap of how not only he, but also how we might see Jesus Christ face to face and to be taught by him. In Ether chapter 12, verse 2, And Ether was a prophet of the Lord. Wherefore, Ether came forth in the days of Coriantumr and began to prophesy unto the people, for he could not be restrained because of the Spirit of the Lord which was in him. For he did cry from morning even until the going down of the sun, exhorting the people to believe in God unto repentance, lest they should be destroyed, saying unto them that by faith all things are. Are fulfilled. Wherefore, whoso believeth in God might with surety hope for a better world, yea, even a place at the right hand of God. Which hope cometh of faith, maketh an anchor to the souls of men, which would make them sure and steadfast, always abounding in good works, being led to glorify God. And it came to pass that Ether did prophesy great and marvelous things unto the people which they did not believe because they saw them not. And now I, Moroni, would speak somewhat concerning these things. I would show unto the world that faith is things which are hoped for and not seen. Wherefore, dispute not because you see not, for you receive no witness until after the trial of your faith. Now let's unpack this verse. Now I'm a I Maroni, would speak somewhat concerning these things. I would show unto the world that faith is things which are hoped for and not seen. So hope is belief and trust, and specifically, you know, belief and trust in Jesus Christ and those things that He sees fit to reveal to us by the power of the Holy Ghost. Whether by the power of the Holy Ghost we receive personal revelation by the voice of the Spirit, whether we see in vision, or whether it's declared unto us by another who speaks by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. So, you know, that is hope. Now, faith, which must be combined with hope, is the seeking after, receiving, and acting on revelation. Well, do we see with our physical eyes what is revealed to us by revelation, either by the voice of the Spirit or by prophetic or revelatory dream or even in vision? Well, we, we don't see them with our physical eyes, and normally... We receive the revelation simply by the voice of the Spirit. So, as we receive receive revelation by the voice of the Spirit, we must combine that with hope or belief and trust in Christ and the things which he has revealed unto us. Wherefore, dispute not because you see not, for you receive no witness until after the trial of your faith. For it was by faith that Christ showed himself unto our fathers, after he had risen from the dead, and he showed not himself unto them until after they had faith in him. Wherefore, it must needs be that some had faith in him, for he showed himself not unto the world. Well, well, If we go to 3rd Nephi chapter 7. And in verses... Starting in verse 15. And it came to pass that Nephi, having been visited by angels and also the voice of the Lord, therefore having seen angels and being eyewitness and having had power given unto him, that he might know concerning the mystery of Christ. So by faith or by seeking after, receiving and acting on revelation. And combining that with hope, which is belief and trust, Nephi, before the coming of Christ, was able to see angels and had power given unto him that he might know concerning the ministry of Christ by the power of faith. And also being eyewitness to their quick return from righteousness unto their wickedness and abominations, therefore being grieved for the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds, went forth among them in that same year and began to testify boldly repentance and remission of sins through faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did minister many things unto them, and all of them cannot be written, and a part of them would not suffice. Therefore they are not written in this book. And Nephi did minister with power and with great authority. And it came to pass that they were angry with him, even because he had greater power than they. For it were not possible that they could disbelieve his words. For so great was his faith on the Lord Jesus Christ that angels did minister unto him daily. So again, we have the thing of it was because of Nephi's faith in Jesus Christ. Which ties directly to seeking after, receiving, and acting on revelation. That angels did minister unto him daily. And in the name of Jesus, did he cast out devils and unclean spirits? And even his brother did he raise from the dead? And after he had been stoned and suffered death by the people. And the people saw it and did witness of it. And they were angry with him because of his power. And he did also do many more miracles in the sight of the people in the name of Jesus. And it came to pass that the thirty and first year did pass away. And there were but few who were converted unto the Lord. But as many as were converted did truly signify unto the people that they had been visited by the power and spirit of God, which was in Jesus Christ, in whom they believed. And as many as had devils cast out from them and were healed of their sickness. And their infirmities did truly manifest unto the people that they had been wrought upon by the Spirit of God and had been healed. And they did show forth signs and to do some miracles among the people. Thus passed away the thirty and second year also. And Nephi did cry unto the people in the commencement of the thirty and third year. And he did preach unto them repentance and remission of sins. And I would have you to remember also that there were none who were brought unto repentance, who were not baptized with water. Therefore there were ordained of Nephi, men of this ministry, that all such as should come unto them should be baptized with water, and this as a witness and a testimony before God, and unto the people that they had repented and received a remission of their sins. And there were many in the commencement of this year that were baptized unto repentance, And thus the more part of the year did pass away. And reiterating what was said about those who received baptism in verse 21. And it came to pass that the 31st year did pass away, and there were but few who were converted unto the Lord. But as many as were converted did truly signify unto the people that they had been visited by the power and spirit of God which was in Jesus Christ in whom they believed. Now, there are a couple of things. One, notice that because of the faith of Nephi, he was able to perform many mighty miracles and to call men and women back from the dead and to cast out devils and to heal the sick. And because of the faith that he had, angels did minister unto him daily. And he worked tirelessly from morning until evening, crying repentance and the gospel and doctrine of Christ to the people. So when the Lord, through our faith, does give us the very thing that we seek after, um, we then have the responsibility to act on the knowledge, not only in our own life, but to declare it to others. And notice that all those who did believe upon him and were baptized, they also did go forth among the people and did miracles among the people. So it wasn't just Nephi, the one who was called to be, I guess, quote unquote, the prophet who was expected and required to spend his time after he had been blessed by the Lord and had his eyes and ears opened by the Spirit to go forth and declare the doctrine of Christ. But the people who also received the words of Christ from him and were also moved upon by the Spirit were also expected to go forth and minister to the people and testify of the things that they had experienced. Now, it was mainly those who listened to Nephi and had received baptism by water at his hands and at the hands of those who he called to assist him in the ministry of crying repentance and baptizing with water who survived the destructions that came upon the inhabitants of North America shortly after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and those who hardened their hearts are they who did not make it. In Third Nephi chapter 10, verse 11, and thus far were the scriptures fulfilled which had been spoken by the prophets and it was the more righteous part of the people who were saved. And it was they who received the prophets and stoned them not or in otherwise Nephi and those who were ordained by him unto the ministry to cry repentance and to baptize with water. And they were spared and they were not sunk and buried up in the earth. And they were not drowned in the depths of the sea, and they were not burned by fire, neither were they fallen upon and crushed to death, and they were not carried away in the whirlwind, neither were they overpowered by the vapor of smoke and darkness. And now whoso readeth, let him understand." He that hath the scriptures, let him search them and see and behold, if all of these deaths and destructions by fire and by smoke and by tempest and by whirlwinds and by the opening of the earth to receive them. And all these things are not unto the fulfilling of the prophecies of many of the holy prophets. Behold, I say unto you, yea, many have testified of these things at the coming of Christ and were slain because they testified of these things. Yea, the prophet zenos to testify of these things and also zenoch spake concerning these things because they testified particularly concerning us who are the remnant of their seed behold our father jacob also testified concerning the remnant of the seed of joseph and behold are not we a remnant of the seed of joseph and these things which testify of us are they not written upon the plates of brass which our father-in-law lehi brought out of jerusalem and it came to pass that in the ending of the thirty and 4th year, behold, I will show unto you that the people of Nephi, who were spared, and also those who had been called Lamanites, who had been spared, did have great favor shown unto them, and great blessings poured out upon their heads, insomuch that soon after the ascension of Christ into heaven, he did truly manifest himself unto them, showing his body unto them, and ministering unto them on account and an account of his ministry shall be given hereafter. Therefore, for this time, I make an end of my sayings. So again, you know, the, the word that we have about those people who survived the destructions, who heard the words of the prophets, including Nephi and those whom he ordained to go forth and preach repentance. But as many as were converted unto the Lord did truly signify unto the people that they had been visited by the power and Spirit of God, which was in Jesus Christ, in whom they believed. And this is a key to understanding the faith that they exercised that allowed Christ to come and visit them. And as many as had devils cast out of them and were healed of their sickness and their infirmities did truly manifest unto the people, that they had been wrought upon by the Spirit of God. So remember, the definition of faith is seeking after, receiving, and acting on Revelation. And as they had been wrought upon by the Spirit of God, surely they were moved upon by the Spirit of God through Revelation to go forth and testify of these things. And this is the working of the faith of the Nephites and Lamanites, who were spared destruction and qualified, for the personal appearance of Jesus Christ to them. Now, back in Ether chapter 12. And again in verse 7, for it was by faith that Christ showed himself unto our fathers. And we just read about that faith that Christ showed himself in a physical body to the Nephites and Lamanites who survived and showed himself. not, and he showed not himself unto them until after they had faith in him. Wherefore it must needs be that some had faith in him for they showed, for he showed himself not unto the world, but because of faith of men, he has shown himself unto the world and glorified the name of the father and prepared a way that thereby others might be partakers of the heavenly gift, that they might hope for those things which they have not seen. So, if we desire to have Christ show himself unto us, we know that it must come through faith, and we have some instruction about what that means. Exercising faith in Jesus Christ, seeking after receiving and acting on revelation, of necessity, brings down spiritual experiences. And as we receive spiritual experiences, we're converted unto the Lord. And as we're converted unto the Lord and receive spiritual experiences, if we truly have faith, the Spirit moves upon us to go testify to others about our experiences in and through and of jesus christ so if we in like manner desire christ to show himself unto us we have to do the things which others have done which have qualified them to behold christ we also must exercise mighty faith now If we go to DNC 76, in verse 53, we find out that after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost in verse 52, and who overcome by faith, let's cross-reference this with 2 Nephi 32. the end of verse 3, Wherefore I send to you, feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what ye should do. Well, being told all things what we should do, through feasting upon the words of Christ, means seeking after, receiving, and acting on revelation. Now, not only are we to feast upon the words of Christ, after we have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that we might have Christ present himself to us. But also, it is the very thing that is required, that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. For in verse 19 of 2 Nephi 31, at the end of that verse, it says, For ye have not come thus far, meaning to the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, Save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. So that portion, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save, that is exercising hope in Jesus Christ. And when we exercise hope in Jesus Christ, and we combine it with a relying upon the word of Christ with unshaken faith, or in other words, seeking after, receiving, and acting on revelation, then we will be instructed as to the terms of the new covenant in the Book of Mormon, even that of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then we continue to exercise faith entering again into that new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, or in other words, feasting upon the words of Christ, for the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do to what? Verse 6. Behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. And when he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh, the things which he shall say unto you shall ye observe to do. Now, if we go back to verse 53 in DNC 76, and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true, they are they who are the church of the firstborn. Well, what is this talking about? This is talking about the very same thing that Moroni is talking about in ether, which is the heavenly gift. The very thing which Nephi talks about in 2 Nephi 32, that if we will feast upon the words of Christ after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, then we will be instructed in all things that we should do to enter into his presence in the fullness of his glory. Now, Moses, by the power of faith, accomplished this very task. And if we go to Moses chapter 1, in verse 1, the words of God which he spake unto Moses at a time when Moses was caught up to an exceedingly high mountain. And he saw God face to face, and he talked with him. And the glory of God was upon Moses. Therefore Moses could endure his presence. Now, this is what D&C 76, verse 53, is talking about. When after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, we overcome by faith, or feast upon the words of Christ and are instructed in all things that we should do to go up to that high mountain that Moses ascended to and also Nephi ascended to, as recorded in 1 Nephi 11, which is not an earthly mountain, the heavenly mountain, or seventh heaven, where Christ reigns in the fullness of his glory. And then Christ, or the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the Holy Spirit of promise, seals upon us and makes our calling and election sure. And this what is meant in D&C 76, 53, when it says, who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. So, in Moses chapter 1, verse 2, And he saw God face to face, and he talked with him, and the glory of God was upon Moses. Therefore, Moses could endure his presence. And this is the very promise that is extended to each one of us, as all of the Book of Mormon prophets testify that it is that we might, like Moses, through exercising mighty faith of a broken heart and contrite spirit, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, then be instructed in all things that we should do to ascend to the high mountain, the high heavenly mountain, and come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, and talk to him face to face, even as did Moses. And verse 9 in Moses' one. And the presence of God withdrew from Moses, that his glory was not upon Moses. And Moses was left unto himself. And as he was left unto himself, he fell unto the earth. Now, what aspect of Moses fell to the earth? Well, it's answered in verse 11. But first verse 10. And it came to pass that it was for the space of many hours, before Moses did again receive his natural strength, like unto man. And he said unto himself, now for this cause, I know that man is nothing, which thing I never had supposed. Now, when one enters into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, when one ascends to the high mountain, one becomes aware to a greater extent than ever before in one's life of the terrible price that Christ paid. In the Garden of Gethsemane, during the scourging and upon the cross, that he might have the power to extend his hand to us and lift us up where he is. And this is precisely what was meant when Christ, being in the Garden, said, Father, I pray not for the world, but I pray for those whom thou hast given me out of the world, that they might be one with us that is the process of christ extending his hand to us and lifting us up to where he is well the question is how do we place ourselves in that position where christ is able to extend his hand to us and we are able to grasp hold of it and the answer is to become his sons and his daughters through the new covenant of a broken heart and contract spirit as outlined in 3rd Nephi chapter 9. That we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. For until we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, the only covenant through baptism of water and through the sacrament that we are willing to take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ. However, he has not yet extended his name to us until we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, whereby he pleads our case to the Father and receives permission to adopt us as his sons and daughters, thereby cutting the chains and cords that Satan has laid claim to us with as he cuts those and claims us as his own. And that does not happen until the baptism of fire baptism goes. There are many who have said to me, well, why would I expend the energy of entering into the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, putting everything upon the altar? Why would I go to that risk and that effort when I'm comfortable doing exactly what I'm doing right now? And because I have a current temple recommend, and I've been sealed in the temple, I have my e-ticket to the celestial kingdom. Well, to those individuals, Nephi has a few words. And if we go to Second Nephi, chapter 28. Nephi says... In verse 21, And others will he pacify, and lull them away into kernel security, that they will say, All is well in Zion. Yea, Zion prospereth. All is well. I have a current temple recommend, and I have been sealed in the temple. Therefore, there is nothing of major import that I need to do, other than, you know, white knuckle it to the end. Yea, Zion prospereth. All is well, and thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them away carefully down to hell. Verse 24. Therefore, woe be unto him that is at ease in Zion. For about those who are in Zion, and not about those who are at ease in Zion, those Nephi terms the humble followers of Christ. And in verse 14, again, speaking to the Latter-day Saints, Nephi says, they wear stiff necks and high heads. Again, because of pride and wickedness and abominations and whoredoms, they have all gone astray. Talking about Latter-day Saints who have temple recommends and have been sealed in the temple. Save it be a few who are humble followers of Christ. Nevertheless, they are led that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. Well, what are the precepts of men? If we go to 2 Nephi 28, verse 31, Nephi delineates what the precepts of men are, and this stands in sharp contrast to what faith is, or seeking after, receiving, and acting on revelation. Verse 31, Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. So those humble followers of Christ who many times do err among the Latter-day Saints because they are taught by the precepts of men, are they who do not yet know to how to exercise faith. Because putting our trust in man, or maketh flesh our arm, or hearkening unto the precepts of men, is that we accept doctrine from and by those who testify by their own power and not by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And the whole reason that Nephi brings this to our attention is because this would be a problem among the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints after the Restoration. That we as a people would rely upon the precepts of men, that we would accept for doctrine sayings and pronouncements and teachings and preachings of those who would not speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And thus, we do not know how to exercise discernment. We do not know how to discern a true prophet from a false one, And thus, we do err, even though we seek to be the humble followers of Christ, because we are taught by the precepts of man. Well, what are some of the precepts of men that Nephi prophesies shall come into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Verse 25. Woe be unto him that crieth all is well. Okay, there's one false precept that Nephi prophesies shall find its way into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Number two, yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men. So here we have this hearkening unto the precepts of men again, and therefore we deny the power of God. Well, how do we deny the power of God by hearkening unto the precepts of men? Well, we accept as the word of God words spoken by the power of man and not by the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, what does that mean? Well, when was the last time you heard a sermon preached about the importance and necessity that we seek after and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost? When was the last time you heard a sermon preached about what that even is? Well, the last time I recall is Elder Bednar in 2010 John Conference, who did say that we don't receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, when we're confirmed a member of the church. And he did discuss it. However, um, he didn't ever define it, how we are to go about receiving it, or how he received it. Yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, and denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yea, woe be unto him that saith, We have received, and we need no more. Now this is not talking about non-LDS Christians who say we have a Bible, and we don't need the Book of Mormon. This is talking about Latter-day Saints who say, We have received the Word of God, and we need no more. Well. I would submit to you that the more is the exercising of faith. The more is seeking after, receiving, and acting on revelation. The more is feasting upon the words of Christ. The more is treasuring up all the words of, at the end of verse 31, Those who proclaim their precepts as given by the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse 28. And in fine, woe unto all those who tremble and are angry because of the truth of God. For behold, he that is built upon the rock receiveth it with gladness. And he that is built upon a sandy foundation trembleth lest he shall fall. So here in verse 28, Nephi gives us a perfect litmus test about how to tell where someone is built. If someone is built upon Christ and revelation, which is the rock, or if they're built upon something else, and all one has to do is declare to a man or a woman, truth. And if they receive it with gladness, they're built upon Christ. And if they become angry, They are built upon something other than Jesus Christ. Verse 29. Woe be unto him that shall say, We have received the word of God, and we need no more the word of God, for we have enough. Verse 32. Woe be unto the Gentiles, or woe be unto the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. saith the Lord God of hosts, for notwithstanding I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day. They will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, said the Lord God, if they will repent and come unto me. Now this is a theme repeated by Book of Mormon prophets, prophets throughout the Book of Mormon, a cry unto the Gentiles that we must repent and return to Christ. And yet, all of our lives, including most of mine, I have held all of the calls to repent and return at arm's length, and I have applied them to non-members of the church, when that's not who Nephi is talking about. Nephi is talking about members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That we have need to repent and come to Christ. For Christ says, "Mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. For the Lord is gathering his people into the LDS Church so that they can awaken and arise, so that they can have access to the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ found in the Book of Mormon, Doctrine, Covenants, and Probe of Great Price so that they can discover the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that it is the pathway to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and that the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, must be earnestly sought after through the new covenant, the terms of which must be received by revelation or the power of faith. And then is a man or woman prepared, to receive that course of revelation that will bring them into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. And this is what is meant in the NC c And who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true, they are they who are the church of the firstborn. So back to Ether chapter 12. Verse 8, But because of the faith of men, he has shown himself unto the world and glorified the name of the Father and prepared a way that thereby others might be partakers of the heavenly gift. Well, it's clearly defined what this heavenly gift is. is to have Christ show himself unto us. Just as we read about in Moses chapter 1, where Moses ascended up to the high mountain. And finishing up in Moses chapter 1, verse 11. But now mine own eyes have beheld God, but not my natural, but my spiritual eyes. For my natural eyes could not have beheld. For I should have withered and died in his presence. But his glory was upon me, and I beheld his face, for I was transfigured before him. So that answers the question that we posed earlier. What aspect of Moses fell again to the earth, recorded in verse 9, after the transfiguration ended? Well, in verse 11, we discover that we can't take our physical body into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, and yet remain alive. So, when Christ came and visited the Nephites, And when he came and visited the apostles after his resurrection, he was not coming in his glory for they saw him in the flesh or in their flesh. And had Christ come in his glory, they and the earth would have been destroyed by fire. So in second Nephi 32, when It says, he will manifest himself unto you in the flesh. That means that while on this side of the veil, we might be taken up to the seventh heaven and enter into his presence in the fullness of his glory, but our physical body isn't taken up to the seventh heaven or to the high mountain. Our spirit is. And that's what happens after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. As we overcome by faith or feast upon the words of Christ. And then we have another baptism of fire. After we have sufficiently overcome by faith, by revelation. We receive another baptism of fire. We receive transfiguration. And then our spirit is taken up to the high mountain or the seventh heaven. And our spirit is able to come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. For we can't do that with our physical body until we're translated. So let me read verse 11 again. And now mine own eyes have beheld God, but not my natural, but my spiritual eyes. For my natural eyes could not have beheld. For I should have withered and died in his presence. But his glory was upon me, and I beheld his face, for I was transfigured before him. And this is the heavenly gift that is talked about in Ether chapter 12 and verse 8 that all of us might receive if we will do precisely what men of faith in Jesus Christ, who have received the heavenly gift before us, have also done. Verse 8 again in Ether chapter 12. But because of faith of men, he has shown himself unto the world and glorified the name of the Father and prepared a way that thereby others might be partakers of the heavenly gift. And that way that he has prepared for others to partake of the heavenly gift is the path of ascension outlined in D&C 76, starting in verse 50 and culminating in verses 53 and 54. In verses 53 and 54 is the partaking of the heavenly gift. Finishing up in verse 8, that they might hope for those things which they have not seen. So, by the power of faith, it is revealed to us after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, exactly how to part the veil and ascend to the high mountain of the seventh heaven. Now, we haven't seen that with our physical eyes. We receive it through the Spirit, and we're instructed. And so we have to have hope in the faith that is exercised, or in the revelation that we receive as we seek after it. For if we do not have faith and hope, we will never enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. Verse 9. Wherefore, ye may also have hope and be partakers of the gift. What gift? The heavenly gift talked about in verse 8. The second comforter. If ye will but have faith. Behold, it was by faith that they of old were called after the holy order of God. Well, what is that talking about? Well. The Holy Order is talked about in Alma chapter 13. The Holy Order was restored to Joseph Smith on June 4th, 1831, at the Isaac Money Farm. The Holy Order is a synonym for Church of the Firstborn. So if we go back to DNC 76, verse 54, we find out after receiving the heavenly gift or second comforter, in verse 53, they are they who are the church of the firstborn. They are they who become members of the holy order. Now, the next level of ascension, after we become members of the church of the firstborn, is to be ordained, to the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood, or second order of Melchizedek priesthood, which is the priesthood of God the Father. And this is what is being talked about in Alma 13. And this is not what a high priest is in the LDS Church today. Verse 10. Behold, it was by faith that they of old were called after the holy order of God. Wherefore by faith was the law of Moses given. But in the gift of the Son, hath God prepared a more excellent way. The law of Moses is the law of carnal commandments. It's the preparatory gospel. Now, the preparatory gospel doesn't contain the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. It doesn't contain the doctrine of baptism, of fire, baptism, of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't contain the doctrine of second comforter or the heavenly gift. Wherefore, by faith was the law of Moses given, meaning that because of faith, the children of Israel were not immediately destroyed. God, in his mercy, gave them, since they were not willing to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, God gave them something that they could obey. Since they were not willing to exercise faith, to seek after, receive, and act on revelation which is how one receives the terms of the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, they were given a law of carnal commandments. However, it's important to clarify that it's preparatory to receiving the higher order of the gospel, the terrestrial order of the gospel, or the church of Christ. And in the church of Christ is contained the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit for the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, second comforter. And this is the more excellent way. And it's all accomplished through the doctrine of Christ. The more excellent way is the doctrine of Christ. It is the doctrine of a broken heart, contrite spirit, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and second comforter. And it is by faith that it hath been fulfilled. For if there be no faith among the children of men, God can do no miracle among them. Wherefore, he showed not himself until after their faith. And I would ask you, how many in your midst do you see performing miracles? Are you performing miracles? If the answer to both those questions is no, then I would submit that we and they are not exercising faith. And if we and they are not exercising faith, we better repent and return and start exercising it, or we're not going to make it. Verse 13. Behold, it was the faith of Alma and Amulek that caused the prison to tumble to the earth. Behold, it was the faith of Nephi and Lehi that wrought the change upon the Lamanites, that they were baptized with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Behold, it was the faith of Ammon and his brethren, which wrought so great a miracle among the Lamanites. Yea, even all they wrought miracles, wrought them by the, wrought them by faith and those who were before Christ, and also those who were after. The gospel of Jesus Christ does not change. The way to access power in the heavens does not change. And the only thing that prevents us from doing the very same acts of those who came before us, and the acts that are to be performed as have been prophesied in scriptures leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ is faith. Verse 17. And by faith that the three disciples obtained the promise that they should not taste of death and they obtained not the promise until after their faith. Neither at any time at any wrought miracles until after their faith. Wherefore, They first believed in the Son of God. Or in other words, they started with hope in Jesus Christ, which is belief in Jesus Christ, which must be combined with faith or seeking after receiving and acting on Revelation. In verse 19, And there were many whose faith was so exceedingly strong, even before Christ came, who could not be kept from within the veil, but truly saw with their eyes the things which they had beheld with an eye of faith, and they were glad. An example. Let's go to first Nephi chapter 10. verse 17. And it came to pass that after I, Nephi, having heard all the words of my father concerning the things which he saw in a vision and also the things which he spake by the power of the Holy Ghost, which power he received by faith on the Son of God. And the Son of God was the Messiah who should come. I, Nephi, was desirous also that I might see and hear and know of these things by the power of the Holy Ghost which is the gift of God unto all those who diligently seek him, as well in times of old as in the time that he should manifest himself unto the children of men. So Nephi received with gladness the things that his father Lehi had told him about his vision because Lehi spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. This is not relying upon the arm of flesh. This is not making flesh our arm or trusting in man. And then Nephi, having received all of the words that were available to him, that were testified by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, desired also that he might see and hear and know these things for himself by the power of the Holy Ghost. And again, he reiterates that this gift of revelation or the ability to exercise faith unto miracles is the gift of God unto all those who diligently seek him, as well in times of old as in the time which he should manifest himself unto the children of men. In chapter 11, verse 1, For it came to pass that after I desired to know the things that my father had seen, believing that the Lord was able to make them known unto me, or exercising hope, as I sat pondering in mine heart, I was caught away in the Spirit of the Lord. Or in other words, in Moses chapter 1, this is the same thing. Moses chapter 1, one, The words of God which he spake unto Moses at a time when Moses was caught up to an exceedingly high mountain. This is the same experience that Nephi was having. And he saw God face to face and he talked with him and the glory of God was upon Moses. Therefore Moses could endure his presence. Now back to 1 Nephi chapter 11. As I sat pondering in my heart, well, what has already happened up to this point? Already up to this point, Nephi has received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's received a new baptism of fire. And as he sits pondering, going over these things in his mind, the glory of God comes upon him and he is transfigured just as Moses was. And so his spirit is taken up to the high mountain, just as Moses' was. This is the second comforter experience. And even though we don't have a complete account of what happened, we have enough. As I sat pondering in my heart, I was caught away in the spirit of the Lord. And maybe this should be a grand key to us about what we need to do to receive baptisms of fire. As I sat pondering in my heart, and may I say that as we go over things in our mind and as we ponder in our heart, we open ourselves up to revelation. So Nephi was literally in the process of opening himself up to and receiving revelation or exercising faith that precipitated his ascension experience. Now, in Second Nephi 32, what does it say? After the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, feast upon the words of Christ, for the words of Christ will show you all things what you should do to come into the tree and partake of the fruit. Well, that's exactly what Nephi is exercising here. He's feasting upon the words of Christ, which are teaching him all things that he should do to ascend to the seventh heaven or the high mountain and to come into Christ's presence to the fullness of his glory. I was caught away in the spirit, or in other words, his spirit was taken from his body up to the seventh heaven. Yea, into an exceedingly high mountain, not an earthly mountain, the heavenly mountain of the seventh heaven, which I never had before seen, and upon which I never had before set my foot. So, we know that this is Nephi's first ascension experience. Just as we know that the experience recorded in Moses chapter 1 was Moses' first ascension experience because of what it says in Moses chapter 1, verse 10. And he said unto himself, Now for this cause I know that man is nothing which thing I never had supposed. Well, if Moses had had a prior ascension experience, he would have before supposed it. He never had before supposed it, because this was his first ascension experience. Now if we go back to First Nephi chapter 10. And the Spirit said unto me, Behold, what desirest thou? And I said, I desire to behold the things which my father saw. And the Spirit said unto me, Believest thou that thy father saw the tree of which he hath spoken? And I said, Yea, thou knowest that I believe all the words of my father. So sometimes we go too far in saying that we should never listen to any man or accept any man's word. Well, this is false. Any man or any woman who speaks by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, not only should we, if we want to ascend, we are required to accept the words with gladness. Verse six. And when I had spoken these words, the spirit cried with a loud voice saying, Hosanna to the Lord the Most High God, for he is God over all the earth, yea, even above all. And blessed art thou Nephi, because thou believest in the Son of the Most High God. Wherefore thou shalt behold the things which thou hast desired. And if I may add parenthetically, because thou hast exercised sufficient hope and faith that they may be so. Back to Ether chapter 12. verse 19 and there were many whose faith was so exceedingly strong even before Christ came like Nephi and like Moses and like the brother of Jared that they could not be kept from within the veil but truly saw with their eyes the things which they had beheld with an eye of faith and they were glad or in other words after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, they were instructed by Revelation about how to part the veil and ascend to the seventh heaven. That's what it means that they had beheld with the eye of faith. Nephi sat pondering in his heart. And behold, we have seen in this record that one of these was the brother of Jared, For so great was his faith in God that when God put forth his finger, he could not be hid from it. He could not hide it from the sight of the brother of Jared, because of his word which he had spoken unto him, which word he had obtained by faith. And after the brother of Jared had beheld the finger of the Lord, because of the promise which the brother of Jared had obtained by faith, the Lord could not withhold anything from his sight, and. I would say that the promise which he obtained from the Lord by faith is the same one that we read about in 2 Nephi 32. So in 2 Nephi 32, starting in verse 1, And now behold, my beloved brethren, I suppose that ye ponder somewhat in your hearts concerning that which ye should do after ye have entered in by the way. And in 2 Nephi 31, Nephi has just discoursed that the way that he's talking about that they should enter in is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. But behold, why do you ponder these things in your hearts? Do you not remember that I said unto you that after you had received the Holy Ghost, you could speak with the tongue of angels? Now how could you speak with the tongue of angels, save it were by the Holy Ghost? Angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore I say unto you, feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. Wherefore now after I have spoken these words, if ye cannot understand them, it is because ye ask not, neither do ye not. Wherefore ye are not brought into the light, but must perish in the dark. For behold, again I say unto you, that if you will enter in by the way and receive the Holy Ghost, it will show unto you all things what you should do. So this is exactly what the brother of Jared did. He entered in by the way. He was brought into the light. He was instructed about all things what he should do. And this was exercising faith. Continuing in verse 21. Because of the promise which the brother of Jared had obtained by faith, the Lord could not withhold anything from his sight. Wherefore he showed him all things, for he could no longer be kept without the veil. And it is by faith that my fathers have obtained the promise that these things should come unto their brethren through the Gentiles. Well... That's us. And specifically what he is talking about is the latter-day exodus, talked about in D&C 103, that is to be led by Joseph Smith. After the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house, the separating of the wise and foolish virgins among the latter-day saints. The wise virgins are taken out on an end-time exodus that culminates with meeting with Enoch and his city and the establishment of New Jerusalem. But before that happens, before meeting up with Enoch and the establishment of New Jerusalem, missionary efforts commence to take the fullness of the gospel, meaning the new and everlasting covenant of broken heart and contrite spirit, the doctrine of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the power and authority to perform that ordinance is talked about in DNC 76, verse 52 and the doctrine of entering into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, or entering into the rest of the Lord, or ascending to the high mountain, and being sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. This is the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which the Gentiles, or by verse 22, now the term Gentiles means the wise virgins among the Latter-day Saints, who are separated out, and go on that end-time exodus with Joseph Smith. And they will take the fullness of the gospel to the Lamanites and teach them how to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the second comforter. And then there will be a separation among the Lamanites, the wheat and the tares. And the wheat will be gathered out, and they will join the exodus, and they will join the missionary force as we go back to meet Enoch and establish New Jerusalem. Let me read verse 22 again, now that we have better context to understand what Nephi or what Moroni is talking about. And it is by faith that my fathers have obtained the promise that these things should come unto their brethren through the Gentiles. Therefore the Lord hath commanded me, yea, even Jesus Christ. And I said unto him, the Gentiles will mock at these things because of our weakness in writing. For the Lord hath made us mighty, in words by faith, but thou hast not made us mighty in writing, for thou hast made all this people that they could speak much because of the Holy Ghost, which thou hast given them. So this Moroni's people, um, those who did not fall into wickedness or those of the generation before those who fell into wickedness, had received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and therefore could speak with the tongue of angels or by the power of the Holy Ghost. But we see that the brother of Jared could not only speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, but he could write by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. Verse 24, And thou hast made us that we could write little, because the awkwardness of our hands. Behold, thou hast not made us mighty in writing like unto the brother of Jared. For thou madest him that the things which he wrote were mighty, even as thou art unto the overpowering of men to read them. Hmm. Now these are the words which Joseph Smith is working on translating right now, at this very time. Joseph Smith is working on translating the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. And we will yet have the record of the Jaredites and of the prophet, the words of the brother of Jared and the prophet Ether, whose writing was so powerful that to read it one would be overcome by the Spirit of God, and barely be able to handle it. But do you think this record goes forth to just anyone? No. The sealed portion of the Book of Mormon goes forth to members of the Church of the Firstborn. Now Joseph Smith will also bring forth other records that will go forth to the Church of Christ, including the record of the Twelve Apostles, as talked about by Nephi during his vision. The completed Joseph Smith translation of the New Testament. The translation of the brass plates. The record of John the Baptist. And other records. These will go forth to the Church of Christ. But the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon is reserved for members of the Church of the Firstborn. And it will not be published and be made available on Amazon. Just FYI. Like... Others who purport to have published the seal portion of the Book of Mormon. Verse 27. And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. Now this is part of what it means to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit. If men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. Well. Wow. That means that all of us have weaknesses that need to be shown to us by Father. And if Father isn't showing us our weaknesses, we probably have not come unto him. And we better repent of that. In fact, tonight we should repent and say, Father, I'm sorry that I haven't come unto you that you might show me your, my weaknesses. I, I will begin correcting that tonight. And so tonight, Heavenly Father, I seek to come unto you that you might show unto me my weaknesses, that I might enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. I give unto men weaknesses that they may be humble, and my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. Behold, I will show unto the Gentiles or the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints their weakness. And I will show unto them that faith, hope, and charity bringeth unto me. Okay. We have, we have more keys about what a broken heart and contract spirit is and are part of that covenant. We have to come unto God that he might show us our weakness. That's part of a broken heart and contract spirit. And then he will teach us, through Revelation, how to exercise faith, hope, and charity. And he will bestow these spiritual gifts on us in abundance. And if we receive them in abundance, we will be able to exercise them sufficiently to receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and entering into the rest of the Lord. that faith, hope, and charity bringeth unto me the fountain of all righteousness. And I, Moroni, having heard these words, was comforted and said, O Lord, thy righteous will be done. For I know that thou workest unto the children of men according to their faith. For the brother of Jared said unto the mountain, Zaran, Remove, and it was removed. And if he had not faith, it would not have been moved. Wherefore, thou workest after men have faith. So, faith is the power by which a man may exercise power in the priesthood. Faith is also the power by which a woman may exercise the powers of heaven. Um, Now, the particular priesthood power being referred to in verse 30, is having the patriarchal order of Melchizedek Priesthood sealed upon us. And we read in JST Genesis 14 that that is the power when we exercise faith to move mountains, to move rivers out of their courses, to quench the violence of fires and defy the armies of nations. The brother of Jared was exercising power in the patriarchal order of Melchizedek Priesthood when he moved mount zaron through faith it was faith that unlocked that power for the brother of jared said unto mount zaron remove and it was removed and if he had not faith it would not have been moved wherefore thou workest after men have faith for thus did the for thus didst thou manifest thyself unto thy disciples after they had faith and did speak in the name. In thy name and did show thyself unto them in great power. Well, how did the disciples exercise faith and therefore Christ did show himself unto them? Let's let's take a quick look. So third Nephi chapter eleven Third Nephi chapter 11. Remember that it was only through the exercise of faith that the Nephites who made it, made it. And that Nephi and those who he had ordained had been working mighty miracles for years. And now Jesus Christ calls them to come forth. And he ordains them to the apostolic order of Melchizedek Priesthood. Verse 18 and 3 Nephi 11. And it came to pass that he spake unto Nephi, for Nephi was among the multitude. And he commanded him that he should come forth. And Nephi arose and went forth and bowed himself before the Lord and to kiss his feet. And the Lord commanded him that he should arise. And he arose and stood before him. And the Lord said unto him, I give unto you power that ye shall baptize this people when I am again ascended into heaven. So, here Nephi, in the next verse, the rest of the twelve are receiving authority or the ordination of the first order of Melchizedek Priesthood. And as they were ordained and as they continued to exercise faith, Christ came back to them. And in Third Nephi 18, verse 36, And it came to pass that when Jesus had made an end of these sayings, he touched with his hand the disciples, whom he had chosen, one by one, even until he had touched them all, and spake unto them as he touched them. And a multitude heard not the words which he spake. Therefore they did not bear record, but the disciples bear record that he gave them power to give the Holy Ghost. And I will show unto you hereafter that this record is true. And it came to pass that when Jesus had touched all of them all, there came a cloud and overshadowed the multitude that they could not see Jesus. So we have the requirement being fulfilled that is set forth in D&C 76, verse 52, that a man must be ordained and sealed to this order of the priesthood before he can perform the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Christ's apostles were ordained in 3rd Nephi 11, and they had that priesthood sealed upon them in 3 Nephi 18. And then Christ came again to them, and his power and glory was manifest to them when they themselves received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost recorded in chapter 19 of 3rd Nephi. Verse 8. And when they had ministered those same words which Jesus had spoken, nothing varying from the words which Jesus had spoken, behold, they knelt again and prayed to the Father in the name of Jesus. And they did pray for that which they desired most. And they desired that the Holy Ghost should be given unto them. Even though they had been in Christ's ministry for years and years and years, exercising mighty faith and performing miracles, yet they had not yet received the baptism of fire baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when they had thus prayed, they went down into the water's edge, and the multitude followed them. And it came to pass that Nephi went down into the water and was baptized. Now, Nephi had already been baptized, and he had already been baptizing with water. But that baptism that he had received, and those baptisms that he was performing, was by the authority of the Aaronic priesthood and he was baptizing by water into the preparatory gospel or dispensation of the gospel of Abraham. Now he's received higher priesthood authority, the apostolic order of Melchizedek Priesthood. Now he's able to baptize with water into the terrestrial order. So Nephi and the 12 disciples are being baptized by water into the Church of Christ, and then they are going to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he came up out of the water and began to baptize. And he baptized all those whom Jesus had chosen. And it came to pass that when they were all baptized and had come up out of the water, the Holy Ghost did fall upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, what is being left out is that Nephi's father, Nephi, the same who received the sealing power, or in other words, was sealed unto the patriarchal order, Melchizedek priesthood, in Helaman 10 and exercised that power in Healment 11, came and performed the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost for his son. And then Nephi performed that ordinance upon the rest of the twelve. Therefore, after they were baptized with water, the Holy Ghost did fall upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And verse fourteen, and behold, they were circled about as if it were by fire, and it came down from heaven, and the multitude did witness it, and did bear record, and angels did come down out of heaven and administer unto them. And it came to pass, it while angels were ministering unto the disciples, behold, Jesus came and stood in the midst and ministered unto them. This is what Moroni is talking about, and so great an event was the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost of the twelve whom Christ had chosen, that he separates himself and he kneels down upon the ground and he thanks Heavenly Father for baptizing with fire and with the Holy Ghost those whom he had chosen. And he pleads that Father will baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost all those who will believe in him because of their words. Verse 19 And it came to pass that Jesus departed out of the midst of them, and went a little way off from them, and bowed himself to the earth, and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast given the Holy Ghost unto these whom I have chosen, and it is because of their belief in me that I have chosen them out of the world. Father, I pray thee that thou wilt give the Holy Ghost unto all them that shall believe in their words. Father, thou hast given them the Holy Ghost because they believe in me, and thou Seest that they believe in me because thou hearest them, and they pray unto me, and they pray unto me because I am with them. And now, Father, I pray unto thee for them, and also for all those who shall believe on their words, that they may believe in me, that I may be in them, as thou, Father, art in me, that we may be one. Christ is literally pleading their case with the Father. And as he pleads their case with the Father, he gets permission to adopt them as his sons. And thereby, while they have entered previously into covenant, that they are willing to take upon them his name, they have never been able to do it until he extends his name to them. And the extension of Christ's name to us happens with the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, as we're born again, sons and daughters of Christ, adopted as his sons and daughters, as he puts his name upon us. Ether 12. Verse 31, for thus didst thou manifest thyself unto thy disciples. Okay, we just read that account. And now we have the context for what Moroni is talking about. And we know how Christ manifest himself unto his disciples. For after they had faith and did speak in thy name, thou didst show thyself unto them in great power and baptize them with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And I also remember that thou hast said that thou hast prepared a house for man, yea, even among the mansions of thy father, in which man might have a more excellent hope. Wherefore, man must hope, or he cannot receive an inheritance in the place which thou hast prepared. And again, I remember that thou hast said that thou loved the world, even unto the laying down of thy life for the world, that thou mightst take it up to prepare a place for For the children of men. Or literally. Through laying down his life. And taking it up again. Did he gain the power. To extend his hand. To us. To all of those. Who would take upon him. His name. Through the covenant. Of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And receiving the baptism of fire. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then he extends his hand to us. To his sons and his daughters. And offers to lift us up to where he is. And again, I remember that thou hast said that thou hast loved the world, even unto the laying down of thy life for the world, that thou mightst take it up, that thou mightst take it again to prepare a place for the children of men. And now I know that this love which thou hast had for the children of men is charity. Wherefore, except men have charity, They cannot inherit that place which thou hast prepared in the mansions of thy father. Wherefore I know by this thing, which thou hast said, that if the Gentiles, or if the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, have not charity, because of our weakness, that thou wilt prove them and take away their talent, yea, even that which they have received, and give unto them who shall have more abundantly. Well, you know, in our Zoom casts where we study what happened to the Latter-day Saints in 1832, in 1834, and then in Nauvoo, we come to understand exactly what Moroni is talking about. And... You know, those deep discussions where we dive deep into the scriptures are available on the webpage doctrineofchrist.info and you can find and download all of our previous Zoomcast um, discussions where we get deep into exactly what that means. Wherefore, I know by this thing Verse 35, which thou hast said, that if the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Gentiles have not charity, because of our weakness, that thou wilt prove them and take away their talent, yea, even that which they have received, and give unto them who shall receive more abundantly. Verse 36, and it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord, that he would give unto the Gentiles, or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, grace that they might have charity. And it came to pass that the Lord said unto me, If the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have not charity, it mattereth not unto thee. Thou hast been faithful, wherefore thy garments are made clean. And because thou hast seen thy weakness, thou shalt be made strong, even unto the sitting down in the place which I have prepared in the mansions of my Father. And now I roan, I bid farewell unto the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Gentiles. Yea, and also unto my brethren, whom I love. Until we shall meet again before the judgment seat of Christ. Where all men shall know that my garments are not spotted with your blood. Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because you have been warned. And then shall ye know that I have seen Jesus and that he had talked with me face to face and that he told me in plain humility, even as a man telleth another in my own language concerning these things. And only a few have I written because of my weakness in writing. And now I would commend you seek This Jesus, of whom the prophets and apostles have written, that that by the grace of God the Father, and also the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost, which beareth record of them, may be and abide in you forever. Amen. And I add my testimony to Moroni that the doctrine of Christ is the only way that we can come to Christ and come to the Father that we must exercise faith unto a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might receive the revelation of what is required of us that we might receive the baptism of fire baptism of the Holy Ghost and thus be sanctified and prepared that as we continue to feast upon the words of Christ and enter into that covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, we might be instructed sufficiently to be taken to the high mountain and enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory and be sealed by the Holy Spirit of Promise. And this is the doctrine of Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And next Tuesday, I will relate the experience of how meeting an angel in 2015 led to the scales falling from my eyes and discovering the doctrine of Christ in the pages of the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, proof of Great Price, which led me to entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contract spirit, which led to a severe testing before I received the baptism of fire, baptism of Holy Ghost. And then everything that has happened since. So now let's open up tonight to discussion, questions, comments, experiences.